Hello and welcome back to the Able Lifestyle Podcast. Today we have Colton Brunton. Made sure I didn't butcher that. Thankfully I got some practice in. And more likely he's known as Brunton Media. And today I'm really excited because you are a man of wisdom, have a great mindset, very consistent and someone we have very similar mindsets almost I'd like to think of the chasing the top one percent and not just settling for average so welcome to the show how are you today I'm very well thank you so much for having me it's good to good to chat good to you know see where this goes I never really know I roughly have a rough idea on what we're going to talk about in shows but I never know where the questions are going to go it's it's real it's real exciting going on someone else's podcast because i came on yours literally about a month ago i think it was yeah and for me similar feelings of this could go anywhere and you know roughly where yeah. you know roughly that oh this is my story this is where it could go but then it just turns into a tangent you're like well how have we got here then but where does your story start because i know you had a bit of a sort of troubled childhood almost with like identity and we, we talk about stoicism on your podcast and yeah. i can imagine this has had a massive impact on your life and you trying to find your true identity and finding yourself talk yeah. to me about your childhood i mean my uh, my childhood is, is is probably not a new story for me it was new and for those who you know have a have a more nuclear family potentially it's new but for me and a, a lot of other people it wasn't um for whatever reason my my dad chose to you know leave when i was six seven ish um there was some connection still there for a couple of years but i then made the decision because like this is not this is not helping me. This is not good for me. It's not healthy. So I, I, I decided to end it um, and end this conversation. And I haven't seen him since uh, at, at the time of recording. It's about 20 years ago. Uh, there wow. or thereabouts. Um, you know, I know my mum's side of the story. You know, but I don't really know his yet because I haven't re-established that connection. I'm it's sure also, there's more I don't know. It's also like, what's it going to serve you at this point in your life as well? Yeah. Is it going to change anything? Is it going to do anything positive for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Almost not knowing is almost better in some regards. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially as a guy, you, to an extent, you look to a rail model, you know, when you're into your early uh, you know 10 11 12 13 you know when you're you're going into what what, what is a man what 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 do i do how does that work yeah. etc you know i think you look for a role a male role model so to speak and i was for whatever reason i didn't have one to look up to right so when i grew wrongly or rightly that shaped me in a way right but you know I, I was still able to look and obviously see societal science and say okay well that's that's acceptable that's not but as you grow and as you develop and i think that's why i'm so driven to grow now because i've constantly had to evaluate and rechange that for me personally because i didn't necessarily have that parental figure and this is no disrespect to my mum, of course she did an incredible job and she's installed incredible values into me but as a guy, especially, you you do look for a male role model, and it's not to you know belittle or say that you know our female parents don't do a great job because they do, but we're looking for that male connection, you it's, know, in that regard. It's I suppose it was a good thing and a bad thing in a way. It depends how you want to look at it because you had to quite literally learn from mistakes, yeah, and learn for yourself exactly how the world should be. But like yeah. you say, having that father figure and. We talk about single mums and the amazing job that they do, no doubt. Mm. But you can't replicate and mimic what the fatherhood can be like. So I imagine for you that was real tough to really discover yourself and discover how a bloke should truly be growing up. And I imagine that had an effect on relationships growing up as well. Yeah. Um, you also diagnosed with beer dyslexia. Yeah. So I, I was very fortunate that my mum is very child centric. 
she's always has been and she fought really really hard during my secondary school years to make it known that I firstly was dyslexic and then secondly from that point uh, was getting me all the support that I could have so when I did my GCSEs I had every form of support you can have in a GCSE so I had extra time I had a scribe I had a reader etc um, and it, it, it allowed me to have the education I have today um, obviously like everything and as you'll know you know learning self-development growth in general doesn't doesn't stop just at school and i don't believe it ever should it's not uh, just a sort of one-way linear path it's no. very rocky no, no, and no, up, no. ups and downs and it's forever changing it's but as long as you have that growth mindset that's all that sort of yeah. matters so having that dyslexia not it was definitely a, it was definitely a set of adversities you could say from my from my you know starting point which was which was interesting and caused i think some some decisions that i'm sure we'll talk about but also my trajectory up to this point so i'm eternally grateful for it and you know i am the man i am today because of those decisions and it amazes me with everything you do on the daily and all the amazing things that you do having that childhood it doesn't make sense really how you've come today because you didn't have that father figure around dyslexic it's like straight away you had the walls up you had the adversity you had to jump mm -hmm. over and then the job you do today quite literally is the opposite of what you didn't have as a childhood so it doesn't almost make sense how you're here today doing what you're doing but it just goes to show no matter what your upbringing and starting life is mm. you can quite literally go and do the exact opposite that the world's telling you you shouldn't be doing yeah and it was it's funny uh, an old friend of mine that's you know is unfortunately not in my life that i'm sure we'll get onto as well anymore at the moment anyway um said to me at age a couple of years back colin you know people look up to you and i and i just paused for a second i went shit pressure what do you mean wait yeah. hold on no wait that's wait hold on <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> and, uh, and to its extent it's an honor but also on the other way it's like Oh shit! Yeah, it's that, that that is what's happening here, isn't it? Yeah, you and know, it's, it's also that pressure as well to you now have to be this identity that you maybe don't even feel yourself. Yeah, because I feel that at times, especially with a lot of sort of positive, inspiring stuff I'm doing, I almost feel like is that is that me? I've, okay, this clearly is me now, so I have to fulfill this role, fulfill this identity, mm -hmm. and it's it's terrifying at times, to be honest, and it feel it can feel like a burden as well, a real heaviness on your shoulders until you start to really have to talk to yourself in a in a woodsly that's even a word <laughs> you have to have that sort of intrinsic self conversation yourself yeah. to go yeah do you know what okay maybe this is my identity for the better mm. whether or not I, it actually is right now as long as i talk to myself through this this is who i'm going to become and this is the positive impact i can have on this world i think for me it's about being I hate using buzzwords, but I think it's about being authentic to who you are and something that I did in my early career and when I was just trialing this video thing, right? I was just trying, can it work? Is it fun? Do I enjoy it? Do I even want to do it as a career? I wanted to be authentic and a lot of my work and a lot of my backbone of the business has been built on helping to promote Salisbury and helping showcase Salisbury and that's authentic to me. Yeah. My love for Salisbury, my love for helping people tell their stories and it's stuff that I've always done for as long as I can remember. So even back when I was, you know, unfortunately graced with this turbulent some people would say <laughs> childhood um you know it's that point where to an extent i was still 
you know, I was a big video gamer. I was looking into stories. I was telling stories. I was, you know, where I could, I was trying to read books, which is obviously complicated as a dyslexic, but you know, you try and find those, those meaningful emotional journeys. And uh, I think for me, a lot of it comes from that. And I'm still trying to better myself in that craft now. And the thing is, when everyone comes onto this show and they start to talk about the making an impact, having that change in the world, I can see it in their face whether or not they mean it. And I can see the enjoyment of the, I'm trying to make this place better. I'm trying to make Salisbury mm. better. This is my home. And I can see your face light up. So I know that real authentic actual feeling is there from you. Yeah. And it's just amazing to see because some people, when they say these things, you can look straight through them and go, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Whereas when you came on and said that, I just sort of, almost took back and from listening to what you were saying to actually your facial expression and straight away I seen yeah this guy is he's talking truth and I've had I spoke to my friend George when he came on because he's TikTok famous as such as as his class I like to say mm. and I said to him about content about getting views or getting likes and he said to me authenticity is all that matters to me he went likes and comments and views yeah it's nice you know I can make a bit of money off of this However, I always get views when I, I don't be myself. Mm. But what would you rather do in this world? Would you rather be really rich but not be yourself or, you know, enjoy what you do? Yeah. Maybe not make as much money, but be your authentic self. So yeah, for yeah. you, what would you rather? Would you rather be authentic and th- not well, earn as much? Or uh, it's, it's always an authenticity point of view for me. Because it's always the question of, uh, we talk about this a lot, about the pantomime horse of doing it for views, doing it for attention, doing it for controversy, to get attention online. Um, and, you know, the, the viewers who don't know, you know, I have multiple strings to my bow. One of the things being um, a conjoint podcast with a good friend of mine, um, David Watson, and we we, we help men chase excellence. Um, and we, we, in part of that, in that show, um, we've had some experiences where certain comments and certain things, uh, you know, in the internet way, being the internet way, have gone quite unquote viral and we've been shown that other side of the internet where yeah you get viewership but people don't necessarily connect with the message in the way you intended it to and then we have to go back to the drawing board and go okay how how does that change in the same way with Brunner Media's context I've done stuff and it's not had the reaction I expect it to have some some is a good thing sometimes it's a bad thing you know and it's it's constantly evaluating and constantly changing what you do but as long as you uh, in, from me anyway as long as you operate in line with your values whatever that is for you you'll find people who synergize with that with those values uh, and and that's something i think we both agree on is is you know you need to operate from those va- that value centric core and then you can't really get it wrong because we were speaking on the way here about me in this podcast and how it's running it's like mm. financial streams and stuff like this and i was like for me, it's all about the process. It's all about enjoying what I'm doing. The mm. money, yes, obviously money does, you know, buy happiness, as they say. Money doesn't, you know, grow on trees and it can help us do a lot. But as long as I enjoy the process, when the money does come, I'm going to continue doing this because I enjoy the process and I enjoy the actual impact that this podcast can have and does have. So for me, as long as you are your authentic self, you like you say, you stay within your morals, that's all that matters. And I don't, there's a lot of today's culture of content online. A lot of people have gone famous. They've made like a few million, like fair play to them. But the message they're actually trying to portray and what they're putting mm. out there, I don't agree with. And I don't think it's right that today's culture is so almost trying to preach negativity and like not self-care just to make a quick buck. 
I can never do that. It's not within my morals to go online and sell something that we shouldn't be doing. But that's where I think that you will differ because those people who do do that will have their quick win. They'll have they'll make their quick money, but they won't have a sustainable brand. A lot of the worlds I speak to and a lot of the people I speak to are in the marketing space and we talk consistently about longevity right? That yes, we're in an economic challenge. Yes, things are harder than they were four, five, six years ago. Sure. But are you going to be around in 10 years? If you are, and you can and you can build yourself to be a better business owner and build yourself to still invest and still have a good brand and still have a good set of marketing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, during this period, when we come out of it, which we will, it will be, you'll be paid dividends then. It's, we're in a culture, unfortunately, where everyone wants to make a quick buck. Everyone wants to make a Get rich quick scheme. Best way to get rich quick. Those who are listening, write a book on how to get quick rich. There you go. <laughs> it's that, um, it's that delayed gratification. Yeah. It's like how long can you do something without someone giving you a pat on the back saying, "Well done, you're yeah. doing a really good job." Yeah. It's doing the work behind the scenes that no one sees, and the yeah. only thing they will see is the views and the likes and the money. And I the, mean, even even your podcast is a key example, right? Because okay, yeah, you've had quote unquote some success from it because of the viewership and such. So, so sure. But what you didn't see and what people don't see is the, in some ways, the social karma that you were building up for however long by building your story to the point where you then decided, actually, yeah, no, let's do this show. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, let's talk, tell, tell this story in my way to the right, to, and see what happens, you know, because I think that's what some people sit here and go, you know, I'm seeing people who are quote unquote new in the business world, e.g. to, they started their businesses during COVID and I feel like an old man because I've been doing it seven years and it's like, hold on a second, these people are so older than me, but it's, I don't sometimes, and I struggled for a bit about comparing myself to people who are actually older than me tangibly. And it's like, well, actually, is that a fair comparison? What, what, what do you think comparison can do to people? Do you think it's a good thing? Can it be a good thing? Yes and no. It depends on the context. Like most, most things, unfortunately, and is a nuanced answer. If you let it get in your head, it can stop you doing anything. If you can use it as a yardstick to say, okay, well, these people are achieving this. How can I be inspired? How can I collaborate, etc.? I'm a massive advocate for collaboration. You know, I think you are as well, etc. So I think it's all in context. I think there's a lot of people in the world, though, at the moment, especially those who rely on, you know, video production, marketing, etc., to make their living, where they are maybe less collaborative minded because they they potentially don't have an abundance mindset when it comes to the right people will come to me and it can get a bit woo woo and a bit law of attraction-y and a bit, which I am subscriber to to an extent, yeah. but it's you need to be careful with how, how you uh, just get conglomerated by that because I think sometimes we can be like, oh, I'm just going to think good thoughts and manifest it and then not do any work <laughs> and then you don't, nothing, yes, good stuff can happen, but it actually has to be followed up with action consistently. Because I'm in a very much a space of trying to, I do believe in more, but I'm trying to work out whether there is more and the whole concept behind it. But the one thing I'm starting to learn is you can't cheat things. And mm. what, like you say, I'm a big believer in manifesting good things. But like you say, you have to put the work in behind it. It's a lot with my running. I manifest my times and a time for my five mile run recently I did. I manifested that for a good few weeks, a good few months, but I put the work in and I got the result. And the same going forward, I'm trying to manifest still. However, I believe that I don't know whether I'm religious or not, but I heard a saying like God does watch and God will give you exactly mm. what you manifest and the work you put in. You can't cheat this life. No. And I'm a big believer in that. But we spoke about legacy on your podcast 
I'm going to ask you the same question back because we just spoke about a few minutes ago. What is your legacy? You talk about longevity. What do you want your legacy to be? Me? Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of go about this from a very odd way, so just please with me. Go for it. Go. The, the crux for me is really important for people to understand what honour is before they understand what legacy is because they lead into each other. Honour, from my perspective, is what does your last name mean, right? So if you're a man of your word and I gave you my word to come on today, for example, I'm here. So that is me giving you my word, that my my word means something. The issue with percentage of society at the moment is people will give their word and then they'll go back on their word, right? So they're not a man of their word. The The principle comes from what would a man of honour do, right? From You can go back as far as you want in history, but what would a man of honour do? Now, legacy in a nutshell, and I I'm, uh, I'm unfortunately don't work with this gentleman anymore, but I, I remember a very, very impactful conversation I had with a gentleman called Tommy Gentleman, who... We worked together for a couple of years, all good. We ended up parting ways for a multitude of reasons. But long story short, he came on my show a couple of years ago and he talked about legacy. And he has his own story that I won't show here for obvious reasons. But in Crux, legacy is you you have two times where you die. Firstly, once, you when you physically die. And then again, when your words, who, who you are, what you mean. So the last naming of Brunton or the last naming of Colton, etc., or last piece of content, etc., is consumed or talked about. So uh, a classic example could be William Shakespeare. He died long, long, long time ago. But his but name's still here. His legacy's still alive. It's that... Do you, do you know who you are? I do. Yeah? Yeah. For me, one of the fav- favourite quotes I'm learning from at the minute and trying to delve deep into is having that undeniable stack of proof to yeah. say you are who you say you are. Uh, Alex Supposey. Yeah. It's about self-doubt. Yeah. Very powerful quote. Yes. Yeah. You don't know. And for me last year, it was like, I think I know who I am. Mm. And this year is chasing the stack of proof to go, yeah, do you know what? Yeah. I am exactly who I say I am. And you can't doubt me and I can't doubt myself. And I yeah. think that eliminates that self-doubt. Do you get much self-doubt in it's still, your day-to-day it's still life? There. It's still there. It's definitely still there. Do you have any coping mechanisms with that or ways to sort of conquer that or beat that? I think I think there's two that I'll say. Number one is understanding that it will pass. But also number two is surrounding yourself with people who will pick you up when you can't. Because for me, I've been very fortunate and very gre- very blessed with the people I have in my life, right? And it's, it's one of those situations where I have a negative situation that then opens up a, a, a door to a positive situation, right? I can think of many, I know we're potentially going to talk about relationships today as well. You know, every negative relationship I've had has caused me to have a good one at the end of it, right? And because I've got closer to those people, we're now even stronger because of those things. Yeah. And everyone close to me is because of that, you know, in that regard. But also I believe and I hope the best in people. Whenever I see them do something or whether I try and help them do something or etc., I believe in what I'd call community karma or karma in general. Yeah. Right. A lot of what I do and a lot of what I try to do, 95% I don't get paid for. But what I do is I have a lot of karma that then builds from me doing that, which in turn means in a world where I need it, it will then come back to me. It's my belief. I wholeheartedly agree. And it's something I'm still trying to learn. I'm very much in a space of I believe in more, like I say, and there is that karma and that luck mm. almost because yeah luck does happen but it's also granted i believe and it's a real interesting sort of well isn't luck just preparation mixed with opportunity oh because you prepare for an opportunity and then when the opportunity you were lucky if you were prepared for that opportunity well actually i think you make your own luck 
because it's just preparation mixed with opportunity. The opportunity has to get to you at the right time, sure, but you also have to be ready for to strive that opportunity. Because some people would lose an opportunity of a podcast like today, for example. Yeah. Go now, nah, I'm good. Yeah, you just go. I'm not I'm not going to turn up. And I just... don't know who's going to hear this. You don't, but you take the chance. And this this is a thing. You look at views, you look at like counts on Instagram and you know Spotify ratings and stuff like this. And some people might go, "You're not doing anything. You're not mm. making no progress." But you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You don't know yeah. who's listening and people start talking and then opportunities start coming. So it's trying not to look at that, like you say, those short-term wins, those short-term financial gains. It's actually looking at the longevity and the long-term gain that can come from opportunities. But also asking you, why are you doing it, right? Like a lot of what we talked about on my show was, you know, what is your yardstick? What is your North Star? Is it money or what? is it legacy? Or is it for the greater good? Or is it for the greater good? That's the thing. Is it creating a space, creating an understanding, creating education, etc.? What What is it? Why are you doing it? And I think a percentage of that should be financial because we all have to eat, we all have to survive, we all have to hit our homes, etc. Especially in a in a world where we have an economic contraction, right? Where the economy is getting smaller. But actually, what what's the reason why you get up on the days where you don't have a payment coming in? Especially if you work for yourself. Why do people want to achieve success? And why do you, what do you define as success? Uh, so there's multiple of questions there. I think society as a whole, success, success is a, I have a big house. I have a beautiful girlfriend. I have a nice I car. I have lots of family. Yeah. I have lots of cars. It's a very materialistic in that regard. And the thing is, I find they go, I want a nice car. They get the nice car and they go, I want a nice house. You get the nice house. And it's like, I want four kids. They have four kids. Yeah. And it's just like, I want a nice ring. They get a nice ring. It's like, you're chasing happiness and it's never going to come. It's, it's funny. Uh, we, we, I talk a lot about happiness and uh, I, I I was really fortunate to listen to the right part of Stephen Bartlett's podcast where he interviewed a happy uh, happiness specialist. And yep. the crux was when your expectations aren't met to what you expect, you won't be happy. But if your expectations are met, you'll be happy. And it's almost like, should you chase happiness or can you just be content with yeah, can you just be content? Can you just do experiences? Why have you always got to be happy as such? I think because I'm, is happy ever a thing as as such? Happiness is a fleeting concept, right? It comes and goes. It's all open for interpretation as well. I think a, a more important thing to talk about, a more important thing to focus on is can we be grateful for what we have and what we get the option to do? I am given the option and the reality and I'm grateful for the reality where I have people who choose to listen to what I have to say every day. But strip it back people aren't grateful at all in today's world and they look at the big picture and they don't start their day by being grateful with the fact that they get a wake up they get an opportunity every single mm. day to even breathe let alone to go get the job they want let i get alone to, to go i get to go to my work i get to go to work out i get to go to eat i get to go to say i love you to that person and this is the thing with my mindset lately it's i'm finding a lot of my sessions are tough i'm having to really dig deep and take myself to a different place to get these sessions even done mm. let alone a real good session and the mindset flip for me now is be grateful you get the opportunity to do these things every single day because yeah. there's people with hospital beds looking at you going, I wish I had the health mm. to do what you're doing. And it's also the thing of, okay, yeah, this is hard, but I'm grateful that I can do these hard yeah, but things. I get to make the choice that it's hard. I'm not forced to it for it being hard, right? Yeah, interesting. If you were, like, for example, if you were in that hospital bed, you're forced to your life being difficult. It becomes a forced 
reality for you. It's a different You're concept. not choosing. We're going, we're making a choice, sitting in our really comfortable home going, it's raining outside. Should I go and be a prick to myself and run out in the rain? And we're going to say yes, because yeah. it's the difficult thing to do that betters ourselves. Yeah. Sure. But the person in the hospital doesn't have a choice. If you ask them, do you have a choice to be ill or do you have a, if you, if you could choose, do you want to stay here and be ill or do you want to get up and leave and go home and see your family? They're going to take the ladder. Every single one is going to say, no, I want to go home and see my family, but they don't get to choose that. No. And I think that is what people need to remember and need to wake up every day saying to themselves. And it sounds a bit sort of barbaric and a bit extreme. Mm. However, that is quite literally the difference between life and death. And But we're the- an entitled view by the fact that we have the availability, time, energy, resources, etc., for us to sit here and have this enlightened conversation, hopefully, and then hopefully we can make meaningful change in others' lives. But we need to come at it from understanding that we're entitled. Very much entitled. And I think a lot of people have that sense of entitlement nowadays. They should have everything by doing nothing. Mm. And it's actually going, no, where's your hard work? Where's your sort of goodwill, your good nature, your good karma? What are you doing to get that? I don't think they are. Or how do you develop the skills to then become the person you need to become? And something that, you know, I've really focused on the last couple of years has been F whatever I make. Am I building the skills to become the person that I wanted to be when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, etc. That person, and there's loads of quotes I use here, but the one I keep going back to is my role model now is me in five years, is me in 10 years. And then your role model in five years will be... Will still be me uh, in five years. Five I'll years never time. hit it. Yeah. Right? Because you're always trying to aspire to be the, yeah. better, the best version yeah. of yourself. Yeah. And again, this will, will come onto relationships in a bit, but when you go into relationships, you should be the best version of yourself for that person. Yeah. Um, one thing I learned from school and it's the best, I, I hate school, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't go back. I don't miss it at all. But the one good and most amazing, most powerful thing they got us to do mm. was write a letter to ourselves for 10 years time. And I read it back and I literally was like bawling my eyes out crying because I was like every single thing, and it goes down to manifestation again, every single thing I wrote that I was like, we're going to get, I've got it. Mm. And it's something, you know what, off the back of this, I'm going to go do. And I challenge people listening to this to write themselves a letter in 10 years time saying things that you want, who you are, who you want to be, what you're proud of, who's in your circle, who you, what you're grateful for each day. Yeah. Because it was reading it back and I will read it back tonight, actually. It's life changing because it actually makes you appreciate where you've come from and where you are now. And then writing it in 10 years time is setting those visions, setting those goals, mm. but make it realistic Make it unrealistic as well, but you have to try and achieve that. And how are you going to achieve that? Yeah. So that's one thing I'm going to definitely take away from today and I challenge you and everyone else to do because it is really powerful. But we'll go on to your business. Tell me more about your business. Why did you start your business? Because I broke the system and I hated a job. Um, no, <laughs> the, the, the real reason why I started my business was it was a, I've always been passionate about video, as I alluded to in the intro. I've, I've always been passionate about storytelling. I've always been passionate about helping entertain people or share a story or, or produce emotional based content. Right. And uh, long story short, I like many, when you left school, you're like, what the fuck do we do now? And they expect you to have the answers as well, which is like as a 16 year old. I can't decide what I'm going to have for dinner tonight, let alone my career in 10 years' yeah. time. I mean, I was very fortunate, uh, and I think it's important to mention to give the context. You know, I was very fortunate from age of eight, I knew I wanted to work for myself. And then from the age of about 12, 13, I knew it was somewhere around the creative field. 
So at this point, I was like, cool, I've won, right? Yeah. I just need to grind and I just need to create it and I just need to make it happen. That's it. But that's not what happens normally, no. right? And as someone who's done public speaking and, and et cetera as well, it's normal. It's not normally where people go into. I've gone into schools, I've talked to students, et cetera, and none of them have communication skills. So I was like, okay, why is communication skills the issue then? Because what, what's changed? What 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 what's happened? Right. You, definitely, I think the lockdown and people yeah. not knowing how to communicate because they've been locked away for so long has definitely had a negative impact. I think there's a a natural social order, social question mark around how do we act, what do we say, what do we do, especially at the moment where by having an opinion, you can by proxy alienate the opposite side, e.g., offend the other side. And why does that? Because when we were growing up. That didn't matter as much. Cancelling wasn't a thing as that such. That wasn't a thing. It yeah. was like, yeah, this person doesn't have the view I have, but that's cool. It is what it is. You I, know, don't, I, I don't like this person now, but it's not like... That's okay. It just yeah. tells me that I'm not part of their tribe. Yeah. It's all good. You know? But now it's such cancel culture. But now it's more, I'm offended. You need to change your opinion to conform to my view. And then it will, et cetera. It which, takes away that sort of thinking brain. Which to an extent, I think is a, a concern with... I know we're gonna. I know you want to talk about business, and I, I will go on to it. I promise. But I think I think there's a level of it though, which is it's easier to get people to do what you want or, or, or connect with the right people when they're talking from the same value set. And that's why I always say to people: look at the people around you. Do they value the same things as you? And especially when you're looking for a romantic partner, do you and that person value the same things? And do they align? Do they align? Because if they don't, maybe it's not going to be a, a flourishing relationship, no. perhaps, right? But really, really quick nutshell on what we do as a business. Um, I run a video marketing company based in Salisbury. We cover most of the Southwest. We create content to help businesses fully articulate and fully showcase what they do. In Crux, that could be a conversation like this. Yeah. It could be, here's a use of our manufacturing services. This is what we do. This is how we do it. This is how we showcase it. Um, or it could be a theatre show. Right, so next week I'm filming a full theatre show for a client. Oh wow! Um, and you know we do everything from you know last year we did you know events through till this is how we make a specific product for companies, uh, all the way into we you know a client's giving a talk at a conference up in London. So we went up and filmed content for him oh, through nice. him and use that as, as marketing. So, so everything in between. You're obviously in one area, however, is so varied, and yeah. I think it's important to have that variety and capable amount of skills yeah because a lot of people go okay this is my one thing and then it's just stop and it's like why do you not just keep expanding yourself and keep expanding your skills it doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. um what is unique about your business would you say it's a question that might get you thinking i i mean i have a very different approach and everyone who you ask who does video and everyone who asks in marketing is gonna say well we think outside the box <laughs> tick in the right? box <laughs> which is which is which is kind of to an extent you are but i i think the important point there is to understand again What's the client's values? What's the client's business? Do you feel you're the right fit? Does your ideas fit with what they're trying to do? Here's a not? question for you then. If a client's morals and sort of standpoint doesn't align with yours, mm. do you accept their business? No. Really? I've turned down so much money, I, can't, I don't even want to tell you. Because, because they don't align. either they don't align, I don't think I can work with them, or I don't agree with what they do. Wow. And I think, that, I think that takes a real incredible character to turn down money for for uh, morals mm. and for values. And I think there's such an important character. But it comes to back to integrity for me. 
because I can't say I'm integral to and I can't say I stand for these things and I value these things and then what with people who don't. But you've been going for a long time, haven't you? Yeah. And, you know, it's... We talk about longevity and there's no sort of luck in that as such. It It wouldn't happen otherwise because word gets round quickly. We know how quickly word gets round, especially in a small town like this. Yeah. I think it's important to keep your reputation good and keep it clean almost in some sense because word can get round and that's how you get business end of the day. Mm. And if people think highly of you, they're going to talk highly about you. And then it just spirals off of that. So like kudos to you, my friend, for doing that because a lot of people would chase money because they want to go buy the nice car. So It's, (laughs) It's important. And I think for people to consider where their morals sit on it. Now, I'm not saying if we're close to the breadline and it's just all within context, right? Absolutely. And there's some jobs that I'm like, this isn't an ideal client. I agree with the values, but it's like this is an this is not an ideal job because it maybe pays a little bit less than I would like it to, or it's like not really something I'm really fired up about. But I'm like, I've got to make this amount of money before the end of the month, or I'm in trouble. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna eat shit and I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you got. You know, it comes from a place of abundance. It comes from a place of financial security to you to say, no, I don't want that ten thousand pounds. No, I don't want that thousand pounds. Whatever it may be. However, it comes from a good place. Like yeah. you, you know, deep down, I'm having to do this to provide for my family as such yeah. and for me, and that, that that's what matters. But I when it comes down to yeah. it, you know exactly who you are, what morals you have, and the values you're aligned to. But, and don't get me wrong, there's still stuff that when I've been on the what, what I would call the breadline, I've still said no to because it's like. No, you're just not in any way you're just going to be way too much work and way too much of a hassle and or you don't align it's like for me i'm seeking sponsorship obviously not for just a financial sort of game but from a performance game from a running and from mm. gym and everything like people like send out 100 emails to like loads of different places i'm like no i'm going for the places that i want and that i feel i would fit be a good fit for them yeah i'm like sure i could go contact a massive multi-million pound company hopefully get lucky and earn, you know a few grand from that but I might not want to be with that company. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be with a small independent one, say, and actually feel like I'm part of their team and feel like I'm I'm their identity almost. Yeah. And that's sort of what I want to allude to is that, is keeping in, val- in line with your morals and your values. But how would you define success, both from a business point of view and from a personal point of view? It's funny. If you had asked me that question five, six years ago, yeah. I'd be like, loads of money in the bank, <laughs> loads of materialistic things. I want to be things. rich. <laughs> I want the cameras. I want the studio. Get I want this. I want now. this, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think now it's it's a very different a very different game for me. For me, it's about thinking longevity, thinking legacy, thinking et cetera. So what is my definition of success? I don't really know is the honest truth right yeah. now because I'm just kind of doing my thing. I've done my thing. I know how to work the system. And I know what I'm doing. you enjoy it as well, don't you? And I'm just eternally grateful to be able to continue to do this for as long as I can do it for, you know, and I I, I get to be graced to earn more money than I could ever imagine in most cases. Doing your thing as well. And doing the thing I would have done for free for for, for ages. So I guess you could say my, my life now is successful. You could say, right? I get to pick and choose when I wake up, what work I do, how work I, what the work, what the projects I take, how, for how much money, who I get to work with, when I get to work, how I get to work. If I want to take a weekend off or a week off or whatever, I can do that. I don't yeah. need to consult with anyone. And I think that is success for you. you You're know, doing something you enjoy and you can do it on your terms within your morals. Um, what sort of motivates you then each and every day? What gets you out of bed? Oh, that's a funny one. I like this one. Yeah. Um, it's funny because everyone thinks I'm going to go, I'm really motivated. I'm really this, I'm really that. I'm not. Nine yeah. percent at the time. I alluded to the fact that I talked about honors and and, and, and value and, and all this kind of like value-based system. For me, it's very simple. 
would I, am I willing to do what's necessary today? The answer has been yes for a very long time. There may be a day where I say no, and then I will change my path, I'll change the business, I'll change what I do, etc. But as of today, I don't rely on motivation. There's days where I'm motivated, sure. There's 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 days where I'm not. So if it's not motivation, what is it? What is it's it discipline. that you rely on? It's, it's purely discipline. How far can discipline get you? As far as you need it to go, as long as you have the right mindset and as long as you're building for you. The, the issue with some people run into discipline is they're building for someone else. And they hate what they're doing, but they're forcing themselves to do it. And that's how you get burnt out, etc. And I'm not immune to burning out either. But it's different when you're working for yourself. Because I actually enjoy what I do as well. And I know and I can feel it. And it's very hard to describe because nowadays I just sort of, I hate saying it, but vibe it out. Yeah. Because because <laughs> I do. Because it's like some, some days I'll be like, I've smashed it. I did this. But I don't let myself sit into this. Oh, I'm not motivated to do the thing. Because if I was, I've worked every single day since starting the business. Every single day with that. I haven't taken a day off pretty much. I can count them a year. Per year, I probably have about five days off across a year. Wow. Right? That right. Is, that's consistency. Actual, actual days off. Yeah. And um, that, that is true consistency that and when you're at that level you you can't rely on motivation you have to rely on discipline because i have so many things i have to do and so many obligations and so many things that need to get done if i don't work every day they don't get done yeah it's that simple it's that prioritization as well because we were talking earlier about how many times we we'll go to the gym how many times yeah. we we'll work out and it's like okay today i'm not going to train but it's not because i haven't got time to mm. yeah sure i haven't got time to but actually it's because i've got other priorities yeah and i think that change of mindset will then stop that guiltiness kicking mm. in and that self-critique and i think it's important as well though to understand is as you add to more to your life you're running a business you're trying to stay in good shape you're trying to maintain a relationship you're trying to still connect with your family you still got friends you've got all this you, ha you there's only so much time still right and you have to prioritize the things at the time. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, like I'm not feeling 100% and, you know, maybe I can't perform at the high level I want to in the gym. So it's like, okay, I'll take a step back. I'll take a couple of days off and then go back and see, you know, or like maybe I'll tinge my shoulder and I'm, I'm questioning, is it just muscle fatigue or have I actually pulled something? And if I pulled something, I don't want to then work out hard on my shoulder to then cause me to not be able to use my shoulder for the next, you know, two, yeah. three months, which is actually more importantly excluding the gym that's a big problem if i can't use my shoulder yeah because i use it because i use it for work yeah you know, i, 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 I carry like cameras etc etc et um so in that regard that's what i mean by you have to context it um you know and there's and there's points where i've gone yeah i'm slacking okay i can't do anything to change that i then have to go okay from today from tomorrow yes this is uncomfortable yes this is difficult but actually i'm just slacking here i'm going to go and do that run yeah. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do that, et cetera, et cetera. Talking about lack of hours, here's a question for you. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with that hour? Sleep. Yeah? 100% sleep. 100% sleep. 100% sleep. Now, and the reason I mention that is because people, I think, underestimate sleep. They see people who are really successful and really busy and really this, and they're flying over here and flying over there, or they're doing all these things, they're on these podcasts, they're running this, they're running that. And they go, oh, they must sacrifice sleep. No, don't sacrifice sleep. No. Because that's how you perform. Yeah, that's how you're always at your best physically, mentally, yeah. and from having a an important eating pattern, physical pattern, and sleeping pattern is probably the most important things you can do. Do you notice when you have a lack of sleep then? Yeah, performance-wise, like don't get me wrong, I can do it, and I've I've done it. You know, um, we should have that ability to be able to do that. I, I've done all nighters. I pulled all nighters. You yeah. know, when I do most of my DJ shooting, 
we mostly get back at five and it's like there's no point sleeping at this point because i've been up all night daylight as well you know it's also daylight which causes a problem but for me it's about understanding in context i don't do that a lot and when i'm not doing that my body's in very strong health so that stress i'm putting my body under it's not worth it is it is and it isn't it depends on again the context the sacrifice of that night of like say doing the dj to get the gig you have to do that and that's okay sometimes the job requires me to do that yeah but the difference is I'm not putting my body under constant strain because I'm obese. Yeah. Right? So I'm in very good, in, in my definition of the yeah, word, I'm in very good physical condition, which yeah. in turn means I can do things which others can't. But that's a whole other world nowadays where people go on the posit- body positivity stage yeah. and it's a, it's okay to be overweight, it's okay to be fat, and it's just like, it's okay to have body positivity, yes. It's okay to have yeah. self-confidence, but however, when that goes into actually, now your health's at risk, it's not good go lose some weight and i don't sometimes, think it's wrong to say sometimes that sometimes it's not wrong to say i don't believe it's wrong to say that no. i think you need to understand the context you need to have more of a nuanced conversation with the person you're referring because genetically they might struggle right? understandably that I mean. might it's, be a reason it, it might be difficult right they might have and also psychologically they might have grown up in a family that didn't have nutritional understanding was really not worked out mo- might have drunk smoke i just don't know right yeah. or they might be doing it because you know, like it, it goes the other way as well. Why? Why ninety five percent of bodybuilders probably won't tell you this, but ninety five percent of the reason why bodybuilders are bodybuilders is because they were abused as a child, or they they feel in, inadequate, or there's some level of you know they were beaten as a child, yeah. or they were bullied as a child, etc. And, they, and they're trying to create themselves to be this strong, independent individual who's like, I will never be hurt again because yeah. I'm big and strong. Character, you can't yeah. touch me. I'm untouchable. Yeah. And I spoke to a friend, Don Monier, about it the other day going a lot of people would go on steroids I think for the trying to not feel inadequate mm. and I think it's a lot with gym goers even myself at times trying not to feel inadequate and it's trying to actually go to the gym for good reasons rather than trying to not be that kid that got bullied for being fat but also I think grounding yourself in UVU we were talking about it on the way here about you know that 16 year old who looks at you going wow he's great oh my god look at that etc they're looking up to you, but you're not looking at them. You're looking at potentially either the stronger your, guy, the, the stronger guy or, yeah. or the person who's running faster than you or, or you know, can work out longer than you or whatever it is. Because, And again, but I think it's really important when you look at fitness to understand what goal you want. And, yeah. and you know, uh, I owe a lot to this to David because he, he was the one who built a lot of my fitness journey originally. And, and one of the first things we talked about is, well, what do you want to do? Well, you know, we're going to train very differently because we're runners and we're trying to be endurance athletes than yeah. a strongman. Yeah. You know, or a calisthenics person or, you know, etc. cetera. It, it's very, very different. And it's aligning to your goals and who you yeah, want to be exactly. and what you want to chase. Exactly. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with either or. You know, if, you, if you're trying to do it for personally look amazing, okay, you'll have a certain set of workouts to do that. But if you're trying to train it to be an ultra endurance athlete, probably gonna, you'll probably look similar but you're going to have to train slightly differently. But it comes down to also that gratitude as well mm. of looking where you've come from because 10 years ago, you wouldn't be in the shape you are now. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, and I, think, yeah. I think that's the sort of where a lot of people go wrong just on the daily. It's just gratitude of not being grateful. Yeah. Why are you in a bad mood for? You're not being great. You're not being gra- uh, graceful today. You're not, you know, having that gratitude towards things. Yeah. And I think that's why people get in a lot more worse moods because they haven't actually gone and sat down mm. and reflected and went, I'm really grateful for having good friends. I'm really mm. grateful to have today. I'm really grateful I woke up. 
something I'm well eternally grateful for is like I don't live in a third world country. I don't have to walk 15 miles for water. Yeah, for clean drink water. Got and it sounds got stupid. Got a roof right? over your head though, haven't you? That's what I mean. I'm alive. Yeah. Right. Like I get to eat, drink. Yeah, sure. Maybe maybe life sometimes hasn't been as comfortable as it has been previously. But like, really get off your entitled high horse. Like, come on. You see those adverts on the TV that you want to turn off because you're like, I'm cringing right now. But it's like that is literally their their worst day is every day almost because they have to like say go walk 15 miles. Yeah. And you don't want to see it because you feel uncomfortable. Because I don't know about you, but I'm sat there like I should be doing something right now. Or, yeah, or, 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 you know, and I'm aware that the, the political climate isn't exactly ideal right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll choose my words carefully here. But, you know, as of today, as far as I'm aware, we don't need to worry about our house getting blown up. Yeah. Right? Again, the same thing. Yeah. Right? Like, I can walk outside and not be worried I'm going to get shot or yeah. kidnapped or et cetera. Yeah. Right? That's... Unless it's a real bad day. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're grateful we live in an area that we can, you know, be able to go out on the streets and... Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, there's a one percent chance that one of us could die. You know, I could get, I could walk I mean, outside not, your house and get I, hit by a bus after this show. But <laughs> you know, I mean, there's two bus stops outside, so there's a higher probability. <laughs> so there, there we go. I mean, touch wood that won't happen, right? No. But I think the point there is, we don't ground ourselves in how grateful we can be and how good our lives actually are. But, but again, actually, when we walk out the door, we're not granted to come back. No, that's the thing. A lot of people leave the door expecting to come home that day, which unfortunately you found. I found out you know, in the hardest possible way. You know. Yeah. And to be honest, every time I do get walk through that door, I go, made it home. Tick. Yeah. Thank you. It, yeah. It's, it's real crazy. And yeah. You talk about patterns and habits. Have you got any daily habits? And I know with daily habits and rituals, I was guilty of this, of trying to perfect that routine, morning routine, that, that daily routine. And it almost got militant it's to the point bullshit. it was unhealthy yeah Sorry, and now I've dialed, I've dialed it back a little bit because <laughs> there's certain things I still like to do to yeah. get me into a good habit I've I, I again I think for me it's about grounding yourself again back into your values and what you do every day like for me do I have a routine I suppose I do. Yeah, I wake up around the same time. I do the same thing. I mean, at the moment, I'm still intermittent fasting, so I won't eat till 12 o'clock. Okay. And then I'll stop eating at 8 o'clock. But that's what's working for me. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing lots of benefits in doing that, hence why I'm doing it. I journaled daily for a while. When I say I'm going to do something daily, it's not difficult for me because I've done a load of things daily. It's It's just like, you know, when I said I'd post daily, okay, right, this is what we do, you know. For me, it's more about prioritizing what I do nowadays more than having a routine. Um, And also, again, staying true to my values. If I say to someone, yeah, right, we're going to do this thing at that day, at that time. Cool. How do I need to organize my life in such a way where that thing at that time can happen? Yeah. In that regard, I think that's more important than daily rituals necessarily. You go down to that honour as well of fulfilling your commitments that you agree to as such. Because I think it's very fluffy and it's very nice but I think you can lose sight sometimes of no, you just got to get shit done. Yeah. You just got to use the pace that like if people, uh, sometimes I show this and I, I try to show it as much as I can, but I wish people could understand the amount of shit I get done a day it's is the mental. reason why I win. Yeah. There's no like, but, Oh, you're lucky. Oh, you're this, you're that. No, it's just, I just do more things uh, than you do. It's stacking small wins. That's it. Which will lead to that big win. Yeah. Every single day, people don't see the work that goes on behind closed doors of those little 1% that add up to that 100%. And people say to me, it's like, oh, it's the weekend. Oh, I can chill out. It's like, no. What? And it's amazing. Con- it's another 24 hours you can win in. What do you mean? That concept of time over the sort of Christmas to New Year break, time just seems to stop for everybody. It's like, 
If that's your concept, yeah. the one week of the year out of 52, mm. why can you not have that concept anyone else in the year? When well, the, people go to work and they come mm. home and it's like, rest, recover from work tomorrow. And it's like, you still have a life. It, it makes comes, no sense. I think it comes from really, really tribally and really, really basic. I've, I've been fortunate where I've had a lot of time to think about this. Um, and what I've come out with, maybe wrong or right, but I'm going to say it now, is a, a job, your job, isn't tied to... So your your salary isn't necessarily tied to... Like, you do your hours, you get paid, right? Yeah. Mine is output-related. My salary income, my amount of money I make a month is drastically tied to the results I provide, not how many hours I spend working for a client. It's a completely different system. Input versus output. Yeah. it's yeah. It's got nothing to do with how many hours did I spend. It has everything to do with how well did it do. How efficient and how great was that done? Was the product good? Yes or no? Did yeah. it do the job we I, I promised it would do? Yes or no? Yeah. Simple as that, really. It's not... And and this is the and this is not disrespectfully meant to anyone with a job, but this is the difference between a job mindset and an employee and, a, and an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah, of course. Entrepreneur will go, how do I systemize this so I can do it in a quarter of the time and charge the same the, amount of money, the same yeah. amount of hours in theory and money, but for the ten minutes it took me. Yeah. Not. Not every hour I get paid yeah. this amount. Yeah, yeah, that makes not sense. Not my hourly rate. Like people ask me what my hourly rate is, I'm like, I don't have one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that's the first question some people ask as well. Or like, it comes down to every time you meet new people, it's like, so what do you do? And instantly it's like, I work for X and Y and Z. And it's just like, you know, there's more to your life than just mm. work as such. And I know for you, obviously, it is your sort of identity of Brunton Media as such, which is understandable. But for 95% of people, it's like, I do this for work. And it's like, oh, and, and, I like? and I think just while we're on that topic, I think people should. I think 97% should, should work for someone. They should not be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is hard. Yeah. Like really hard. It's a graft. It's not just like, oh, this is really uncomfortable and this is really... No, it's really shit for a really long period of time and yeah. there's a large percentage of your time where you question, why the fuck, what the fuck, why the fuck did I do this? I could go to an easy job, quote unquote, and yeah. earn the exact same amount of money, if not a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, but, but that's where you need to come back to your values about why you do it yeah. and why you do it and how and what, what does it actually mean. If you just care about money, do yourself a favor, go get a job. Trust me, it's an easier way to get a paycheck. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah, right yeah, now. Of course. But you don't... But then people are going to look at me in 15 years and go, oh, that's really easy for Colton. But if you don't know, if because the, they won't know necessarily the story from the hardship now the, yeah, the times, to then. The times of struggle. That's what yeah. people don't see. You know, They sort of only root for you when you're at the top. They don't root for you when you're at, sort of at the bottom and yeah. growing up. Because yeah. they're almost like, why is that not me? I should be that. I'm better than that Well, person. they want it without putting in the hours and the work and not getting the results for years and years and years and years and years. What's your non-negotiables in business and personally as well? Be a person of honour and do what you say you're going to do. Simple as that. Simple as that. Simple and effective, I like it. Everyone I have in my inner circle is very simple. Be a man or woman of honour. What advice would you give to someone starting out as a business? Probably what you've just said there, really, to be honest. Be a man, of, man or woman of your honour. That, that I think that's what's missing in the world. And you want to absolutely demolish everyone in your competitorship be a man of honour and provide what you say you're going to provide and own up when you make a mistake. Mistakes are going to happen and go, I fucked up, yeah. right? And see how you can remedy that to the best of your ability. Who do you look to for advice? Reflect on, so, so it depends on the context. Personally, I start to reflect on me first. Nice. I sit there and say, right, how did I get here? You look Especially if it's a place the, uh... where I'm hurting, right? And so it's a place where I'm like, so a year ago, for example, I got in a really shitty romantic situation um first time i talked about it um 
And I, ref- and I, in that process, I went, fuck, how did I get here? How did I let myself, how did me, not what did she do, what happened, what was the external, no, how did I get myself in this situation? And I went, shit, I'm never letting myself get there again. You almost go, how did I let my standards and self-value slip that low to be treated that way for what, such a long period of here? time? Yeah, yeah, what happened here? What, well, how did I fuck up? We'll so go, that's we'll, my that's my first step, right? Just really quickly on who who do I ask advice yeah, from? Yeah, of course. First step is me. I ask myself and say, how the flying fuck did you get here, Colin? Right? Good or bad? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And if I want to simulate those results again, I'll go. Okay, how did you get here? Do that again. All right. In a world where I need input that is a different mind, that will depend on who I go to because I'll, I'll depend. I've got people in my circles who are going to take it from a different approach. Some are family. David's one of them, my mother's one of them, my partner's another one, etc. And depending on what the kind of context around that or the approach I want from the advice will be depending on who I go to in answer to the question. But it always starts from my own evaluation of how the fuck did I get here? Look at yourself and point fingers at yourself. You and start take to 100% blame accountability for me. Yeah. And good or bad. Did, is it a result I wanted? Great, fantastic. How do we remedy that? How do we make it better? How do we do that again? Yeah. If it's a result I didn't want, Shit, how do we get here? Why the fuck did we get here? What happened there? Yeah, Etc. Because one thing we've got in common, you talk about relationships, we're both in sort of a quote unquote, I don't like to use the word because it can be labeling, however, an abusive relationship. And again, it goes down to that sort of, what did we do wrong? Because looking back at it and sort of when I did finish my previous relationship, mm. I looked at myself and went, yeah, okay, these are the things that I did wrong. And I did own up to all those things. And the person in sort of what we're talking about, was trying to throw x y and z at me and i said you've got nothing on me because everything i did wrong i owned up to and i apologize for mm. and now you're just trying to pick faults to make yourself feel better for the unacceptable actions that you took i think uh, i think it's important to mention before we go down this um yardstick is uh, for me personally right now i'm in a really healthy powerful relationship that's really really good for me so so just to say everything i'm now going to refer to is previous relationships yeah but I think when someone's there, the important point is what I mentioned to you before about accountability, because you can only you can only change either your reaction or what you do, right? Now, sometimes people, for whatever reason, male or female, they choose to not reflect on their own actions and take accountability for those actions. It's just right? finger pointing, isn't it? And they just go, "No, it was your fault. No, fuck you. It was your fault. No, fuck you. It was your fault." And the arguments start, and it spirals, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And that's when, and, and normally, you know, if you want to go down the psychological principle of it, I think it's important to mention that normally it's triggered from something in your childhood. Parents, First seven years on average, yeah. from what I know. Parents, right? potentially, someone but you've been around. It, it doesn't even have to be parents. It could be anything. It's yeah. just when we are seven, from zero to seven, we're sponges neuroplasticity yeah. is Neuroplastic the word where the brain yeah. is like a sponge for information and the information we just take water. everything in we yeah. just take everything in and and this is really important for those who are starting parents or, or looking to be parents etc because a lot of people sort of our age are and i know a lot of my friends who are literally have got one to three year olds or even yeah. six months old and it's yeah. like listen up guys <laughs> you know if you are in a household at that age where there's a lot of arguing going there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of worry about finances. There's a lot of this, a lot of that. That's going to have a knock-on effect to when you're an adult. And it takes healing. You know, I noticed and, you know, transparent, open facts, you know, why have I previously, not my current relationship, but previously chosen the people I've chosen in relationships? Because I was looking for validation from my father. 
That's yeah. the crux. If you really want to go down into the knit and grit and real deep, like hard it. questions, of I it, like it. Yeah, yeah. That's the answer. That's not a comfortable answer. No. However, it's the truth, that's, and that's a base, that's the reality. That's how, you, that's how you heal and get better, and yeah. are now in a place yeah. of being in a happier relationship. And, you know, and uh, and that, and you know, to give your audience some context that don't know, that's taken me to the darkest places you can go. Yeah. You know, I have those who know me. I have tattoos on my wrists. They're on my wrists for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've hurt myself. I've I've tried to commit suicide. I've been there. I've done that. You know, I know it's not the answer. And ironically, um, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago, I thought I was past it. I thought, nah, nothing can ever dent me. I can't <laughs> ever go back there. I'm stoic. Because <laughs> I was at the age 13. That was when the issues were. Yeah. That's when I was in my real emotional manipulative relationship. And I, yeah. that's what pushed me to it. But... I was like, fuck, I went back there again, fuck. Now, I didn't go there, don't get me wrong, because yeah. I already knew, I knew that wasn't the path. Could I have been there? I went, and I had tattoos on my arm. And the reason why they're on my arm is because I'm reminded every single day that's not the option. Regardless of how dark it seems, regardless of how bad it is, it's a daily keep reminder, going, isn't it? Yeah. Right? That's why I have always forward written on my wrists and I have trust in the process, ironically, nice. as you alluded to earlier, on my right arm. And, uh, you know, that's why they're there. And and people ask me, well, I can't read them. I say, well, in the nicest way possible, they're on my arms for me. Yeah, they're not, I, I they're don't not need for me you to, to. Yeah, it's not like, read this. <laughs> you know, it's not for me to go, look at me, I need attention. It's it's for me to have reminders so I can look at them. And that's why I got them to look, to face me so I could read them every day. And it reduces the chance of you slipping back into those well, sort it, of it, yeah, it, yeah, it's, low it, standards yeah. and sort of. But also it's a reminder of the person I have become and I've beaten and I've got past and I've gone through those things. And, and I don't think many people can you know, say that. No, it's, it wasn't easy. It isn't easy. And it's taken me a long time to get there. How do and you I have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And that's why I said like the crux, why, when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of why I chose the people previously I had chosen, excluding my current relationship, it was because I was looking for validation from my father because I didn't have a father figure to get love from. Yeah. Right? It's sort of filling that void that you didn't have. Yeah. But I didn't even know I was doing that because I was so young. I didn't understand the psychology. But when I really delved into it and I really asked myself the hard questions, and that's look, what I came out with. You looked deeper and actually understood why And 95% won't do that. No. 95% of people won't even go closer. No, that's too painful. I'm not doing that. That's why they drink. That's why they smoke. That's why they get addicted to XYZ. That's why they watch TV. That's why they play video games. And I've done a percentage of what I just referred to, mostly yeah. the video games and TV, rather than smoking and drinking. But I can understand it. I can get it, yeah. you know. Well, I've, I've been there. Because they're looking for an escape. I've been there with drink in the past. Like, I've, you know, I've been really stressed, been in sort of, I've been depressed, to be fair, in like mm. a few years ago and got to the point where I was drinking myself silly to forget. And, you know, it well, got... you want to get to the point, I, I would assume, I've never done it, I would assume you want to get to the point where you nut, the pain gets numbed. Yeah, you almost go, if I keep drinking, I don't feel anything, I don't think anything because mm. I'm not going to be sort of present in here. And actually what you're doing is just sort of, delaying that outburst delaying that sort of breaking down yeah delaying that burnout and that is literally what happened i drunk myself to a point that people think i just went oh he's just an idiot that night and drunk too much where he mixing his drinks <laughs> it's like no actually not a lot of people know that one night i drank myself to a point to forget and i woke up next morning in my bed going how the hell did i get here mm. and i spoke to someone who's like this is the point where you go this is where you go get counseling this is where you go talk this yeah. is where you go deal with it and now every time I get sort of stressed or down or, you know, really struggling, I go, stay away from alcohol because you've been there. You know exactly mm. what it can be. And people listen to this go, when the hell was this, mate? Ask me next time you see me. 
and to be fair my closest people do know when this yeah, was yeah, and yeah. sort of stuff like that but it's like staying away from those triggers would you say it's a like a less a less stoic thing to say as a man because I think naturally, right, men are meant to be stoic, they're meant to be strong, they're meant to be this, they're meant to be that. Like, how dare us connect with the reasons core why emotionally we're fucked up, right? Yeah. But I think the most stoic guys are the ones that are in connect connection with themselves, mm. who have that deep internal conversation with themselves every single day and remind themselves why they're still going after their worst day. Yeah. And who have taken themselves to a point where they almost, not didn't want to be here anymore, but got to a real point of loneliness and mm. depression. mm I think they're the most stoic. They're the ones who are able every day to bounce back and try and make this world a better place and to do good for the world because they've seen how cruel and low it can be. Yeah. And I think coming out the back of toxic and emotional abusive relationships, for us to then, like you're in a healthy relationship now, and for me, I'm in a real good mental place where I'm ready to date again. Mm. I think it's taken a lot of like internal conversations, like you said, to be in this place of happiness again. And I would say the word happiness or content, should I say, to be okay with what we've been through to yeah. then actually allow someone back in. Yeah. And I think that takes a lot. So with your relationship, how did you how did you finally understand that what was going on wasn't right? Was there a moment in time where you went, click, and that was that? I Because I find with like the emotional side, it didn't hit at all during because it was small mm. little add-ons every single time that just progressively got worse and yeah. worse and worse and worse and you think it's just normal because it's just one percent more each time yeah 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 I, I think it's important to in some ways consider that you know especially when i'm referring to my first relationship i was so young like i got into that relationship at 16 or like no probably earlier than that 15 and you know I had it for three, four years, right? And at that point, it was like, you don't know which way's up. You don't know what. So that's an important time. Did as well. I know? Fuck knows. No. Fuck knows. No idea. No. You know, but you're still, lear you're at this age where you are literally learning about everything. Yeah. You're like, how does this work? What do I do? Is yeah, it just, yeah. just, and it took me, you know, a good six, seven years to get to the point where I really understood it and understood what had happened and understood no, that's not normal. Because you don't, if you don't have a relationship after that that's healthy or before that that's healthy, you don't, you think that's healthy. Yeah, you think that's normal. You think that that relationship that's toxic and is, et cetera, et cetera, and for obvious reasons, I won't go into detail, right? But that reality is healthy. You yeah. think it's healthy. You believe it's healthy. And then you, like, I can sit here now as someone who's in a healthy relationship that is genuinely healthy. And, you know, <sighs> How long, how long is a piece of string who knows how long it will last it will last as long as we both choose it to last yeah. it's the crux and you keep putting the work in every single that, day to that's the point yourself. exactly yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. point we've made we've both said you know we both given a choice right every day we either choose each other or we choose not right and for as long as we choose each other you know we won't stray away from things that make us uncomfortable Right. When someone says something like when, when, when my partner says something to me that I find uncomfortable, I'll tell her yeah. or vice versa. Communication. You know, and, 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 you know, it's really important. And the three keys I have for every relationship is communication, understanding, and then forgiveness. Nice. Right. Because if you have those three fundamentals, I believe you can fix any, any, any relationship. But the key is as long as both parties are willing to fix it. If you're the only one willing to fix it, you're fucked. Yeah. And when I was going through all my sort of abuse at this point, 
my partner, I said to them, I'll get you help. I'll, you know, you yeah. want to go get help? I'll take you there. I'll walk you to the front door. I'm not coming in to the yeah, room yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. not none of my business. That's and your so thing. You've got to fix you. You have you, to heal that's you. A thing. You've got to you fix have to that, make yeah. yourself better. I'll take you to the door as that support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is coming from a person who is deep in counseling at this point for all mm. the trauma and therapy that I've, I've been through. Mm. So I knew the power and the sort of effectiveness that talking can have. And I believe that is probably one of the sole reasons why it didn't get better and it got progressively worse because that person refused to talk about yeah. things, not only to me, but to someone external yeah, and yeah, yeah. wouldn't better themselves. I think it's important to consider, mention, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera though, the healing is a very personal thing. Yeah, and not right? saying that therapy or you know counseling yeah, no, exactly. is right or wrong. That's what I mean. For you, yeah, fantastic, it worked. Yeah, right. But for someone else, it might be they got to go and run a fifty mile run every day. Yeah, right. But and, there was nothing. Or give that space. But they have to. Be, the key there for anyone is they have to be willing to. Yeah. Do the process. What and even if you don't know how to heal. You've got to be willing to go and try and find it. You can take a horse to water, but you can't but you make can't, the horse drink in the water. Yeah, yeah so many. I know yeah. you, we could probably go back and forth like table tennis, like smashing his <laughs> eyes out, smashing his analogies out. But yeah, it's, what, where do you think people go wrong in their relationships? What do you think is a, is a big killer, would you say? Uh, personally, I would say it's not necessarily a killer, but it's something to consider before you get into one. And if you sh should then continue to be one, it's, are you two people who can exist completely independent of each other and or not, yeah. right? And what I mean by that is, are is the idea of you and that person part of your own frame of reference in the world? Is that part of who you'll become as an identity? It will always be part of it to an extent, but is it your core identity, Yeah. right? Regardless of who I'm with, I'm still Colton of Bronto Media. Regardless of whether I'm single, regardless of whether I'm celebrating, regardless of whether I'm married, regardless of in a relationship, whatever. They should add to the, your identity. Yeah. They should make your value better and they yeah. should make you happier, not mm. the reason you're happy. Yeah. And I alluded to this on the previous episode and my friend was going through tough times with his partner. Mm. He said, oh, these things are really tough right now. I don't know what I'd do without her. I'd be like, you'd be absolutely fine. You're a really strong guy you'll be absolutely fine and a few weeks later i was like how's it going mate he's like yeah, yeah all good now just i couldn't imagine life without her and i went stop i was like she makes you happier she should have value to your life so this is the i mean depending on what side of the you want to go down but if you want to go down the blue pill red pill route this is the kind of the, the issue that some people can run into which is they to an extent they get so reliant on the happiness that that person gives them it's like a drug to them right yeah. they get high on that endorphin they get high on that dopamine of oh my god this person's so amazing and i think for me it's really important especially as men to be willing not to want to walk away there's a difference but to be willing to yeah because then you're not going to compromise where you don't want to compromise because i said to my counselor and i've spoken about this before like the point I, I said to her actually about a year before this all sort of kicked off and got a lot worse. I mm -hmm. said, if I ever get to this point in this relationship, no matter where I am, what I have, kids, marriage, house, mm. whatever, if I get to a point where my self-worth is diminishing, regardless where I am, I'll leave, I'll walk. Yeah. Because I actually am in debt to myself to hold myself to that self-value and self-worth. Mm. And I don't think people do that because they get comfy and then there's the scared to be in the unknown and the what ifs is this the right decision all that matters is your own self-worth and self-happiness mm. everything else mm. external is just almost irrelevant and, and don't get me wrong it's not to say that you know 
one is not grateful for who they have in them. But that's why I say that's why when you ask me what motivates me. I have a certain amount of ideals that I stick to every day, regardless of how I feel, regardless of this, regardless of that. You're non-negotiable. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? I have these things to do and they will get done regardless. Right? And I think for me personally, I think it's really important to ask yourself before you get into a relationship or if you've just come out of a breakup or whatever you're doing, whatever, whatever, wherever you are, to ask yourself what your fundamentals are and reconnect with them. Because what I found, especially in the situation a year ago, was okay i got this wrong fuck what else did i get wrong shit what 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 else did i get what fuck what else have i got wrong here it's having that self right and it's not just well. in a relationship or in partnerships or in, any, in anything what else did i get wrong about me yeah what bets did i put on myself that now could be wrong do you reckon that things in the relationship weren't good and you're having that self-reflection on the relationship, what you did wrong. Do you think other areas of your life were affected where you've gone, hang on, that was out of character for me because of this stuff going on? I so- think uh, I think we can't, I think there's no benefit in saying what if, what if it, what if it didn't, what if it was? Because the reality of the fact is you and I are sat here today because of the stories and because of the things that have happened to us who that have drawn us together. Exactly. So we have this conversation. So this goes down to the, would right? you change it? Probably not. I don't. And I remember it very clearly because a very old friend of mine that I've uh, has been in my life for 10 years um, asked me, you know, would you change your mental health concerns, issues, the fact you need to commit suicide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, no, no, because it's made would you, you, who you, would you change, today. would you change how you approach? Would you change dyslexia? Would you change any of these things? And I said, no, because that's the reason why I am who I am today. They're the, co- they're the, they're the, co- that's the context that allows me to do and be who I am today. That's you. That's Colton. That's Colton yeah. Brunton. And yeah. that's who the authenticity is. Yeah. That's who makes us special. And, and that, gives us our identity. Yeah. And that and that allows me to also be able to empathize with people who are potentially going through things that if I hadn't gone through those things myself, I wouldn't be able to, for obvious reasons, I wouldn't be able to empathize. Because I find myself, it sounds absolutely crazy to say, I find myself lucky that I get to help so many people who are going yeah. through the worst things because I can relate to them. Yeah, of course. Someone's losing their grandparent like in, in a hospice, like been mm. there. And it's like, I'm going through this. Yep, been there, ticking the box. Like done this, yep, ticking the box. And it's almost like, geez, I have been through a lot, but you know what? If I didn't, I wouldn't be able to support that person and actually make them feel like they're cared for. Yeah. And to be fair, half the time is just listening and having that communication and being able to just sit there and go, go on, talk. Or not talk. As in saying to that person, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you the space to, yeah, I sure to be fair. Sometimes, some, sometimes, like, yeah, I remember I quote your show from episode one. Sometimes it's not like, what do I say to him? What do I do? What do I do? It's not, it's not that. It's all about presence. It's about just being there. Just you knowing that they're there. Look, I know me, you me may not want to talk about this right now. All I want you to know right now is you know where I am when you do and if you do. Yeah. If you don't, that's cool, right? Because sometimes, Especially with me, there's some shit that I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I just need to know you're there so I can lean on you when I need to lean on you. Yeah. And I can deal with these demons myself, right? I can go there. I can do that run, do that workout, whatever it is. I can take my mind back there and I can use it as the energy and I can I can deal with the, the issue, fix the issue, heal the issue, etc. But what I need is the people to lean on. Yeah. And that's what friends are for. And that's what a partner should be for. I was speaking to someone yesterday about it saying... You know, a partner should be when the guy is feeling vulnerable and mm. emotional and weak and low, you should be able to help him gather the strength to put his armor back on to go and be the provider for you and be the strength for you and yeah. be, you know, be the protection for you. Yeah. And again, it comes down to the being able to be self-aware 
and to continually work on yourself. You know, I'm back on the dating scene and I've spoken to one person who'd been through a lot of trauma, you know, it happens. Mm. But they said instantly straight away, it's been put to the back of my head and I'm not going to deal with it now. And I'm like, that is going to explode one day. Yeah. And obviously I was like, you know, please go and seek X, Y, and Z, you know, directing them to signposting them and sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's not for me because you're not working on yourself. And that is straight away a red but that flag. But that surely comes back to values yeah right like values you're not gonna align. you're not gonna choose someone who's that way no right it's if, that emotional intelligence as well if you're and you know i've spoken openly about it but it was open for me when i got into my newest relationship you know the first time i was truly vulnerable i was like shit this Scary. is the bit where yeah, they go yeah. isn't it this is yeah. the bit where they leave right yeah i mean three four five months down the line <laughs> surprise no they don't right sometimes they don't but you know my ideology was i need to be stoic all the time i need to be strong i need to be the man i need to be this i need to be the leader but actually when you find the person who is in the in line with your values you can actually have people who you can be yourself with and i think that's important because then you don't have to have this facade you don't have to have this yes i am this person but I'm not, you know, it's, it, you don't have to pretend you can be you. Yeah. And if something annoys you, something upsets you, something makes you uncomfortable, it's not about having an argument for the sake of having an argument. I've never believed I've had an argument with my partner. I we've know. had, we've had conversations yeah. where there's been conflict. Sure. But never call it an argument though. You wouldn't raise your voice to that person. You'd sit there and have a conversation and I'm not going to say exactly who it is, but I had a conversation with someone about this and said their parents used to argue all the time, mm. like constant. And they go, that's just them. That's just normal. And I said, I turned around and said to this person, this is exactly why you're the way you are because you accept their poor standards and their poor values. Yeah. Arguments should not be normal in relationships. Disagreements, 100%. You should have those uncomfortable conversations and you should be you should be able to have those open conversations. But arguments and shouting matches, yeah. well, what's that achieving? Where's that getting you? Just making you hate the other person, not get on with them at all. Mm. Makes it, zero sense. Yeah, and it doesn't come back to the, the the three pillars which I follow in every relationship, which is communication, understanding, and forgiveness. Yeah. You can't communicate effectively if you're yelling. And I've been speaking to someone lately, and the first thing they said to me is, you know, I'm having struggles from my previous relationship, but I'm aware that these things are what they are, yeah. but I'm really trying to work on them every single day. You just have to bear with me and just communicate with me that, about this. And I, I think th that comes from transparency, though. Like I said, day one in my now current relationship, look, we might find some shit I have an ill from, <laughs> right? We might find some shit with you as well. Exciting. Right? <laughs> but it's how we navigate those things, yeah. right? It's not about... First, it's about understanding that that's going to happen. And then secondly, it's about saying, okay, how do we deal with this when... Because, look, relationships of any kind are hard. Yeah. They're not... They're, it's not they're easy. easy. It's not linear. It's not a Hollywood story. No. Sorry, it's not. No. Might it's, make a great Netflix series, though. Yeah. It's one way to look at it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think the real reality of the world, though, is things are difficult when they take work. Anything. A business, relationship, friendship, podcasts, whatever you're going to do. But it comes down to people don't want to put the work in. No. As simple as that. And, and to be honest, with this person that's saying, you know, I've got past trauma that i'm trying to get past i'm trying to work on them yeah i find that attractive because they're still trying to work on themselves they're very self-aware and emotionally intelligent and i'm like as long as you communicate and don't take that out on me directly mm. i don't see an issue with that and it's like i've got a massive backstory of trauma and i didn't throw it on them in the first hour of talking to them because it's like whoa okay steady on but i've said you know 
I had to allude to it at some point. I couldn't hide away from it forever. No. I said, you know, I'm training for this marathon. It's like, why are you training for this marathon? It's like, well, this whole backstory. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I tried to numb it down to start with. I went, oh, I'm doing a podcast. Why are you doing a podcast? Like, okay, here's a podcast. If you want my stories on there. Whenever you're ready, go and listen to it. Four days later, listen to it. And you went, I'm really glad we did it that way around rather than you going, here's all my trauma. And it's actually having that sort of natural flow to it. And it's working really well since because of that. But it's having that sort of mutual understanding that we go through shit. Mm. We go through stuff and it's it's okay. Just work on it together and communicate together. And I believe my last relationship wouldn't have gone to the extreme lengths it did having, if communication from both parties, myself having that accountability, if communication was better. Yeah. And I think, like you say, communication is is key in anything in life. Yeah, and and that's what. And it's funny because we've come kind of full circle to an extent, and it's why I focus on communication as a professional career because it's something that we need to get better at doing as a society. Period. We need to practice it almost. Yeah, it should be taught. I mean, yes, I know we're taught English. That's not the same as communication. No. Communication, intelligent emotional intelligent and intellectually intelligent communication in my opinion should be taught in school yeah it's, it's completely different how would you talk to different parties and individuals yeah. and yeah. backgrounds and stories and it's one thing i'm loving about this podcast to be fair regardless of all the sort of inspiration and help and you mm. know the reason mm. why i'm doing it i'm learning how to communicate more I listen back to these episodes because I have to edit it which people don't realize i actually do um <laughs> i listen back to it and go like sharp mate stop talking let them talk and then mm. sometimes like i say too much and then it's actually i'm starting to learn more about myself how i should communicate more going forward and the podcast episodes are starting to get more in-depth questions and i'm just learning how to communicate properly and i'm starting to practice this when i go to work or when i go and have a coffee with a friend i'm almost practicing for this podcast of things that i learned from the podcast that i want to go and do day-to-day life mm. And it's real interesting to sort of have that mindset and concept of learn. Would you say that's an important element, though, to consider? Because people sometimes they look at what it turns out, as we were talking about earlier, about the what's the monetary value of the podcast? When I wouldn't, I would say, what skills have you benefited from doing a podcast? Well, as you already said, you're a better communicator because of it. Yeah. Right? And people would expect that I'm chasing money and chasing fame and chasing stardom. And it's actually, you no. Know, I want to be a better communicator. I want to help people. Mm. I want to inspire people. And it's having that process and having that sort of backstory and that enjoyment, monetary gain, sure. Would love to buy a Lamborghini one day. Would be amazing. However, if that comes one day, I'm still going to continue doing this because I enjoy the process and I I become a better human being off of doing these things. But would you also, let's flip it the other way. Would you say that, let's say for whatever reason, you stop the show after this episode? Not saying you're going to, of course, but if you did, would you still look back on it and smile and say, oh, I did really good because I built all these skills and it was part of the fundamental growth of me? Massively, because it's doing something uncomfortable. It's doing something that I might not necessarily want to do because I'm doing these conversations publicly. You open yourself up for critique. Yeah, you are literally putting yourself out there to go. Go on, what do you think about me? Eh, uh, you know, do you like me? Do you not? Yeah. What do you think about this? Someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone texts me going, "This is my feedback," and I'm like, "Do I listen to this? Do I not?" I'm like, if we had a conversation in the streets, they wouldn't text me after going, "This is what I think of you," would they? It's but looking back at if I was to stop this podcast, eh, it's been a massive success because of what I define as success. It's been a massive learning curve. And it's also doing something that is really uncomfortable. As much as I love public speaking and something mm. I want to do as a career, 
it's still uncomfortable to do because there's not something that's quote unquote normal because the normal is sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, it's just doing something every day where you're continually learning and all these things we've spoken about, I think we could probably after this episode sit down and go, right, this is how to be a human being. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> listening yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So like this conversation today has been really enthralling and surprising as well. Because I was expecting to come on and go, this is your story. Here's your questions. You know, really listen, fascinating to listen to. But I'm almost trying not to ramble on because I'm I'm like, I don't know what direction this is going because it's so fascinating and it's opened my mind to new ways of thinking. And the information you've given and added to this podcast has been just mind-blowing. But that's, uh, I really appreciate you saying that firstly. I mean, secondly, I think, I think that's why people need to go into an open mind. You know, when they go on a podcast, every every conversation, any conversation you have, whether that's with a parent, a friend, a stranger, on a date, whatever you're doing, I think it's really important to go in with an open mind because you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, because you the, can start a podcast up and go, what do you think of the Power Rangers? And it's like, hang on a minute, I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, for me, as someone who does a lot of conversations with people who maybe I don't know a lot, once you do it, you gain a lot of social skill, as in the ability to speak to anyone, right? And there's certain people who you'll really quickly understand, yeah, this ain't going to, well, you're going to cut this off really fast, fella, because yeah. you are really boring <laughs> or really annoying or both. But there is a lot of things that you can ask. And I think you'll find actually the more you do it, the more you'll realize that everyone is very, very similar in regards to like, what we talk about what i mean our nuance and our opinion is slightly different but actually the crux and the nuts and bolts is very similar and it's why i find the uh, watching the social the self-help and the uh, kind of this, this space grow has been really interesting um as i say i, I it sounds always really weird when i say it because i'm 26 gonna be 27 <laughs> this year but as someone who's been around it for a long time and yeah. i've lived on the internet from the age of 13 so you know to give your audience some context that's a long time i've seen things change i know I've seen trends come and die and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what you do for work as well. You've got to keep yeah. up with these trends. Uh, you You've know, and I, uh, personally, that's why I never will push a client to, hey, you should do a trend because it doesn't help them build an authentic personality and personal brand, right? Doesn't help them build their brand. Comes down to your values again, though, like you say. It's not about being authentic. If you're trend jacking, you can't always be authentic necessarily. What question would you wish people would ask you when they first meet you? What are you grateful for today? Oh, God, that's deep. What are you grateful for today? The fact that I'm in a very strong position in every realm that I would gauge as successful. Financially, mentally, support, socially, relationship, health, etc. Every If you had told me 10 years ago that this would be my day-to-day, -day, I would have laughed in your face. Really? Yeah. Because, uh, and this is what, to an extent, I think people don't get when they lean into patience. Because people ask me, oh, what's your financial goal for this year? I've thrown all that out. After last year and after, <laughs> like, the last couple of years with COVID and et cetera, I've just thrown it all out. Yeah. I'm like... Because you're <sighs> defining success and happiness off of money and value. And, and again, it's like, you said, what motivates me or what do I do every day? And I'm just in the process of, I'm just trying to enjoy it. I'm just, I'm just like, okay. What's the point doing something if you don't enjoy it? I was like, am I alive today? Yep, cool, fantastic. Do I get to do what I love? Yep, absolutely. Do I get to, do I get to be supported by those who I really, really love and appreciate and hopefully can add value to? Great, fantastic. Well, that's, you know. There's three things there and listen to that. I was like, 
Bloody hell, this guy is living life like he's won. Like that is it's, definition it's, of win. That's what I mean. It's not, I don't, I'm in a very uh, fortunate, grateful position where I'm surrounded by people who love me. I get to do what I love for a living. And uh, do I have stress? Sure, but it's stress in the right context. It's stress in... It's good stress almost. I'm building for the future. It's stress. I'm putting the expectations on myself to become better every day because it's for me, yeah. not for my partner, not for my mother, not for you, not for my friends, not for... It's for me, right? And everything I do and everything I try to do and do better is because of me. It's for me. And that sounds really selfish, right? Yeah, but we should be... I like the term positively selfish. Yeah. Because and, uh, I think we yeah. have to be selfish in this world. We have to. I think there's a lot of quotes I could use here, but the one I use all the time is you can't fill the homeless from an empty fridge, right? You have to be fulfilled everything in what you do. Yeah. And something that last year specifically showed me, and last year, you know, I've been very transparent with it, was very financially turbulent, right? All year was really difficult. And this year I've made some decisions that are going to help me be less turbulent, right? And my stress level is so much lower. Really? Right? My passive stress level, I'm not stressed about money all the time. I'm just, I, I, I hate saying it, but I'm really chill. But you've made that conscious decision. Yeah. It's not come off of luck. No. It's not come off of like, oh, I've got a good gig at work. It's come off of, I'm making a conscious decision today to change my fortune. And now I'm in a better place because yeah. of my conscious decision. But yeah. people won't do that first conscious decision or even thought. But they it, just carry on. It also, and what I've noticed in the, you know, traditionally, January and February at the time of recording anyway are, are, are atrociously bad for work for in most John, in, in most in medicine industries. But I'd be very fortunate to still get some work in, which is which is I'm grateful for. But also I don't have the same financial burden every month I did have, which means in turn I'm just that's why I say I'm just chill, I'm not stressed. It's like yeah. that burden of stress that I was operating under. It's everything is easy, everything is a breeze for me now because I'm not operating under that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'll never go back to that. It just means as of where I am right now my long-term objectives are more important to but me. But you're also self-aware of that yeah. environment. And also it wasn't stress. healthy. No. Right? Living in your survival response is not healthy for it. It's meant to be a short period of time. I was living for a medium fight, period Fight or flight. Yeah. yeah. And I was there every two months. Yeah, you know? it's a scary time. And that's not healthy for you long-term for your own health. And I can see a drastic difference now that I'm not living in that reality. And I only, uh, I've only really been in the reality for like uh, about a week, week and a half, yeah. right? And and it's it's drastically different. And my yardsticks on like when do I need stuff to happen has completely changed. So the pressure on me to perform every day is still there to an extent, but it's less. I have to make a sale tomorrow, especially unfortunately if the economy gets harder. I'm not going to be in a position where I'm like, shit, 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 yeah. every single day. You're not like trying to float and survive. And no, I can, I could be like, okay, cool. I'm good. Okay, cool. I'm good. Okay, cool. I'm good. Okay, cool. I'm good. But again, that's not come from luck. No. That's come from judgment. Well, it's come from seeing a trajectory and, and, and course correcting. It's saying, okay, if I keep on this trajectory, I'm going to get the same results. If I change this way, what happens then? You know, and there's going to be changes, you know, and there's and there's things. and But I don't think it, it still allows me to do what's in line with my mission and what allows me to do what I do. So, you know, who knows what we'll, where we'll be in a year, but it will be in a different place to now. What power do you think words can have, not only on yourself, but on others? It sounds like a stupid and obvious question, but it's a question I wanted to ask. I think the words we say are only as powerful as the person listening wants them to be all open for interpretation and what you want to take because away from i can it. give you the best what i would believe is the best most magical wonderful fabulous piece of value <laughs> but if the person listening it's not the right time for them no 
It's like it's also not, what, are they, looking, work, what are they looking for? Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, there, there may be some people listening who take one thing from this episode. There may be people who take 15. But as long as it's pushing them or giving them something to consider that maybe pushes them into positive, what they would describe as a key important, what they would describe as a positive reality and a positive change, then we've done our job as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because we're, we're here to make the world a better place and to help others, you know, yeah. live the life that they want to live. Just a few questions to sort of finish up on. No, of course. If you could have coffee with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? If I could... Albert Einstein, because I quote him a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Just because you quote him or just... He's just past... a really interesting bloke. Yeah. And he's just really smart and I want to pick him, pick his brain about science because I'm a science boffin, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, psychology slash science boffin, so... Do you listen to a lot of Huberman? Yeah, to an yeah. extent. So... Any to- anyone along those lines, or or probably there's probably something psychologically. I mean, as you know, I'd probably say Mel Robbins as well. She's yeah? a fun character. I love Mel Robbins, especially the episodes on Stephen Bartlett's pod. Yeah, that's powerful. powerful I mean, of episodes. course, the, you know the, the the classics of like Stephen Bartlett and etc. Yeah. Et those those other entrepreneurs. But like, I think they're to an extent they're in a bubble and they operate at different levels. So yeah. the advice they could potentially give me isn't going to be as valuable as the psychological stuff I could potentially get from Mel, for example, because she has that specific field that you're specifically looking for again it comes down to what you're looking for what do you want to take away from it yeah that, that, that's the that's the thing the same with this episode today what why are you listening today what but is also it do you get for? information that could be really valuable but it's too soon yeah for you. That, are, are you ready to hear it or not yeah. where where are you currently in your own life what are you most proud of from your life so far being here today simple as that every day every, every day. day i ground myself in i'm here today comes down to that gratitude what can i do today that is gonna what, what my definition of making the world a better place is what what action is that buy one person coffee is that do this podcast is that say thank you to someone give someone a smart whatever it is tell my mother my partner whatever it is that i love them it's little things do it's, that workout do that run whatever it is someone picked out the other day from a previous episode of every time i walk into a shop and buy something from the tills i'll always try and make that person behind the tills day a yeah. little bit better and leave them something that's going to last even whether it's a minute or an hour just the encounter we have has to make them become better after yeah and put them in a better mood and again i think that comes down to what you've just sort of reiterated there is yeah. that make the world a better place and leave a sort of lasting legacy as you say what's your hopes and dreams for the future to continue to be in line with my vision moving forward is what i would say and that vision might change and that's why i always frame it that way because i don't know i've 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 done a lot i've achieved a lot and i've also suffered a lot so i know every spectrum and i know every end i know the bottom end i know the top end of of life and i'm just like okay let's make let's hope that let's 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 do what action i can to make sure there's more better than worse but the thing is we spoke about it on the way here as well the most successful people have been through the toughest of times yeah. and people look at champions and gold medalists and successful people go what have they got that i haven't it's like they've been through their worst day and they're still grinding every single day to yeah. try and be better yeah that's the simple difference is they're trying to get after it regardless you know. of what the world wants to throw at them and the cards they want to place on them yeah, and I think, you know, just as a final point to, to end on for those of you who are watching to this point, I would con- I would consider how can you add more peace into your life? And if you are not someone who has a lot of peace in their life right now, how can 
just adding a small bit of peace can really help and really be tranquil and allow you to think clearer, allow you to operate better, allow you to make probably less decisions, but they're more impactful. The decisions and the things you do are going to be potentially more impactful. Two questions to finish on. If you could leave the younger generation any bit of advice, what would it be? Be patient. Yeah. Whenever anyone asks me a question like that, I ask, what would I say to myself 10 years ago, 15 years ago, etc.? Be patient. Don't rush the process. Just understand that everything you're currently doing is necessary for you to be the person you need to be, regardless of how difficult or hard that may be right now, or how uncomfortable that is, or how difficult that is, or how shit that may be. <laughs> you need that to happen for you to be prepared enough for the opportunities that are coming for you. As we alluded to earlier, the concept of luck isn't luck. It's preparation mixed with opportunity. Preparation mixed with opportunity. I like that. I'd love that. Taking away so much from today. And last one, what is your definition of an able lifestyle? Be in line with your vision and being able to do that every day. So for me, what I do every day is that because I get to basically be the boss of my world every day. If I don't want to do a specific set of things, I won't. If I don't want to do, obviously there's certain commitments I can't necessarily get away from, but in most cases, if I don't want to work or I don't want to edit and I'd rather film, I'll film. If I'd rather work out at 12 instead of four, I'll work out at 12 instead of four. If I would rather run instead of swim, I'll run instead of swim, etc. I have the control and that's the freedom that I would, that would, that would be what I define it as. Colton, thank you very much. One thing I'm going to take away from today is always stay in line with your values. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. Thank you for coming it's on. It's been a great conversation.